Rapelang, khotso mrena. Khotso nda. Ligai. Eh, wabata, wabata. 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 It is the heart of politics. Real politics. You don't need to go and do your your masters. You come here and observe and you get your masters. And you just write, Chief. (laughs) Ah, It's real politics. It's real politics. Look, um, I mean, I, I want us maybe to take a step back here. I think a lot of people might be familiar with the uh, palace politics of uh, you know uh, Macbeth type uh, politics that are, are taking shape, <laughs> if I can put it that way. And I don't want us to start there because I think some people might not be familiar with some of the machinations behind the scenes in the All Basuto Convention that have led uh, to uh, this uh, point and I guess um, uh, a momentum momentous point in the history of uh, Basuto politics uh, and um, certainly for its own. Uh, shift in what has happened here but uh, let's maybe talk about what's happened in the abc and uh, what you make of some of the discussions uh, that have finally led to uh, tom tabani resigning in the fashion that he did today indeed well man you stretch me a little bit uh, taking me back to the days of the Macbeth. but anyway i won't go that far sure. <laughs> i not go that far I, I think it's only mentioned as a background just to say, you know, ABC came into four in 2007. Mm. It was really trying to break what is traditionally known as the, the two factions mainly that exist, which is the Congress movement and the nationalist movement. People have been caught between those two factions. Mm. So the who's other that BCP, BNP? Really that's BCP mm. and BNP, you know. Yes. Those have been the main parties that, that have set the foundation of Mesut. So ABC, I think, came in and said it is a convention, mm. you know, trying to merge and saying we do not fall neither to the nationalist or the Congress, trying to merge the two parties together. So I think that's what brought something slightly different about the outgoing Prime Minister, Tom Tabani to try and say a lot of young people came into the party. It was colorful. It had the regalia that was more attractive, you know, bright yellow, young people, young imagination, more urban, you know. So I, I, I think the young people saw a place and a spot in them. That is why I think it grew in such popularity. The party that was established in 2007, five years later in 2012, they came into power. Uh, through the first coalition of Kospol and Sutu. Um, but I think age was catching up with the old men and no longer having such energy. There was now younger grouping that was gathering around him, probably seeing opportunities. I think ultimately him taking a younger wife, um, I would like to say the combination could have not been very much problematic for an old man. But coming to what happened today, ultimately, I think through a lengthy negotiation, through the SADAC, through the special envoy, you will know recently Jeff Khatego was in Lesotho leading a special envoy. Uh, Tom Taban has been saying he's resigning since February this year. Uh, no dates. He would call us for multiple press conferences only to tell us what he has already told us. People are really sort of getting frustrated, really. Now, observing how the 
the murder case that he was implicated was taking shape, uh, his wife leading, uh, you know, playing functional role in government, where place where she's not supposed to be. I, I think all led into what I would say he would have resigned a much better person, uh, but we will still yet to judge his legacy mm. going on forward. I've been all over the place, <laughs> I mm. know. Certainly a tough one here, and uh, I mean, just as we as we as we talk about that, uh, I want us uh, to uh, speak about something else that, I, in my view, casts uh, a wide shadow over the political dimensions of this, which is uh, some of the legal uh, charges that uh, Tom Tabani and uh, you know his spouse face uh, with regard to the uh, passing of uh, his ex-wife. And uh, let's maybe unpack that because now that he's resigned, uh, he certainly has resigned here without cutting a deal to get immunity from prosecution. What, what does this then mean for the prospect of uh, him getting his fair day in court? In, indeed. One would understand maybe perhaps to give a very quick background mm. that it was only in 2015, no, 2017 when, he, when they came back to power that the young wife uh, looks like really wanted to get married. Uh, we know there had been a long-standing uh, divorce settlement that was just not going on with the second wife of Tabani to an extent that when she was shot, we really were not that convinced that it could have been something that was orchestrated, worst of all, from those who were actually involved. But as the details came into fore and we actually got to learn that the first family could have had a hand in it, uh, it came through when the police commissioner was really sending off uh, his expulsion from office. And then he cited that he wants to believe that the reason that he's been chased or sought after is because the highest uh, family is involved. And he also mentioned we knew about the wife, the spouse. She was actually, she, she took off when she was about to be charged. But then she came back on her own volition, I think, after advice. But then we got to learn that also the prime minister himself, I think for the first time, really, that a sitting prime minister was actually cited in a murder, in a murder case. So what he did was that he challenged, when, just when he was about to go and face that murder charge, he challenged that uh, he believes that he is immune uh, by an advantage of that being an, 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 a, a sitting prime minister, he cannot be tried. Mm-hmm. So and that is he, I mean, actually, is he immune um, just by Basutu law? Is, is he immune from prosecution just on the basis of the fact that he has been uh, prime minister of the Mountain Kingdom at some point? We, we thought it was pretty straight, straightforward because the, the law specifically blatantly says only the king, his majesty, is immune to to being tried. Actually, it it also has conditions. If you look deeper, it also he is immune, but there could be extreme conditions where. But it actually secures him. But anyone else, everyone else, no one is above the law. But you know the legal wrangles; they will always find a way to try and test the interpretation of the law. So we we actually thought maybe it was something to consider. But now the dilemma is that now that he has resigned, he becomes a former statesman. He is an ordinary man, 
would that just be an academic exercise to even go to that extent? But perhaps for future reference, it is best that the court mm. actually interprets the law and set the tone right. Yeah, yeah. Would there be an interest, I mean, to follow up on this uh, on the part of the ABC? I mean, uh, uh, we'll come shortly to uh, the person of Moeketi Majoro who is going to be sworn in uh, tomorrow as the Prime Minister of uh, Lesotho. But uh, w- within the ABC, I mean, is there an appetite or even an urgency to uh, uh, make sure that this uh, transition occurs not only smoothly, but also that um, uh, the cloud hanging over Tom Tabane is effectively uh, resolved and that he gets uh, to state his side of the story? Yeah, co- quite a complex situation to be. I actually feel for the poor guy who's coming in, Majoro. Um, he is not the member of an executive. He is not the leader of the party. Mm. And yet he's going to be the prime minister of this party. The question now arises as to who will he be getting the mandate from? Will he have to serve the interest of the leader of the party? Mm. Will he have to stick with the executive of the party? And with him taking charge in the time of the COVID-19 the most complex exercise. Fortunately, look, he's a well-read man. He was the Minister of Finance. Uh, but also considering that he will be chairing the government, that only has two and a half years, literally, because Lesotho will be going to elections in 2022. And the question is whether he can be able to make that mark. I think he, he's got a blank check to write a different history for Lesotho, at the same time, I think the odds are stacked totally and horribly against him. I wish him well, really. Mm, mm, mm. Let's, let's talk about the, the man. I mean, uh, you've touched on his own qualifications, the role that he occupied in the executive prior to this. Uh, I mean, just as we wrap this one up, Rapelang, uh, uh, what would you say are the three tasks that face him? I mean, the two years left uh, in this administration, there's a COVID-19 crisis you know, uh, one case of COVID-19, and uh, I certainly think sitting on this side of the border that uh, that's a, a gross undercount, but that's a story for another day. Uh, but uh, if you would maybe say three key tasks uh, that face um, Mwekezi Majoro, uh, Dr. Mwekezi Majoro, as uh, he takes up the mantle tomorrow, what would those be? Look, the, the guy has got an illustrious uh, experience. He comes from the, from IMF, International Monetary Fund, he came straight and was wasted into being Minister of Finance. So he's got his fingers on the on the finance and economics. So really on that part, he had actually raised interesting measures to cut you know, to, to sort of cut the huge expenditure when it comes to the budget. So we are going to be watching him closely as to whether the things that he could not implement as an ordinary minister, now that he has the reins and the powers of the prime minister, whether he can actually bring them to action. So trying to cap the spending, huge spending that faces Lesotho, and to fix the wrecked economy, whether he can do that. The second one is whether he can actually contain the budget, you know, uh, the cabinet, the cabinet size, mm. the size cabinet, because understanding that for the first time, so two, the two biggest parties will now be joining hands to form a coalition 
there were serious threats as to the size of the cabinet, whether it's not going to be a bloated cabinet that can actually will be eating more out of the purse of Basutu, or whether he can be able to control that. I had a discussion, short interview with him, and he said one of his commitments is to try and curve the spending and to try and start making some savings. But his, the, his worst nightmare is to bring the party together. The, the party has been uh, under serious rift, split into two. The outgoing faction of Tabani mm. uh, versus the incoming. Um, we, we, we really hope somehow he can find space to try and bring the two parties together because it is up to them. If 2022 comes and they cannot see eye to eye, they know very well that the opposition, the former opposition now coming into government, will be looking for that space to topple them. So he's got those three major mm. tasks of which he, he is going to have grey hairs very quickly. Yeah, tough times, tough times, and uh, certainly a developing story that we're going to be following very closely in the mountain kingdom of Lesotho. Rapelang, Gelebo Amoren, Tsamaya Hand. That there was Rapelang Khatebe. He's the uh, correspondent of uh, the uh, National Broadcaster, South African Broadcasting Corporation in Lesotho. Let's take a brief break. When we come back, uh, we take a look at uh, the uh, remarks that were made by uh, Angie Mutecha in a press conference that uh, ended uh, a few minutes ago. And uh, we'll have an opportunity to speak uh, to the spokesperson of the uh, National Department of Basic Education, Elijah Mthlanga. And uh, we'll continue with that after this.